I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I'm wondering how many of you feel that your possessions or the possessions that you desire have actually taken possession of you. I wonder how many people uh, think about what you've acquired or what you hope to, what you aspire to acquire has taken control of your life. I wonder what um, baggage you carry, material or emotional, relationships, otherwise, that is hampering you or holding you back, uh, keeping you from participating in the abundant life, in the dance of life. If you relate to any of these questions, if you've had moments when those pertain to you, uh, you might recognize the young man who comes before Jesus. He might be someone we're quite familiar with. He's a young, affluent man. He's uh, a leader in some respect in his community. He's checked all the boxes. He's done everything right in life. And he's a spiritual seeker. He's someone who might come and ask to talk to Brenda at the bell. And he wants to know what he must do. I think it's a question we all ask, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus looks at him and he says he loved him. I know Jesus loved everybody, but there was something about this young man that pulled on Jesus's heart. And in many ways, seems like he wanted to free his heart. And Jesus said, in, in your case, young man, I don't know that Jesus said this to everybody, but he said, in your case, the thing that's holding you back is your attachment to your possessions. If you can let those go, you can enter in, follow me, and enter into this abundant life. And the guy couldn't do it. And he went away grieving. And uh, it's a poignant moment, I think, probably, Implied in the reading, Jesus was grieving a little bit too that he had, uh, that this young man had chosen that pathway. So they do a recap. Jesus gets with the disciples and he just reflects on this little incident that happened. And uh, Jesus brings up that metaphor, great stuff of cartoons. Um, Jesus says, it's as hard for someone who's attached to their possessions, it's as hard for the wealthy to enter the kingdom of heaven as it is for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. People have tried to soften it a little bit and said that was really a reference to a gate. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, people discuss that uh, in places where people discuss those kinds of things. But anyway, the point is that it's really challenging for someone to, to let go and to be free of that kind of constraint and captivity. And the disciples ask a question that occurred to me as I re read this, then what hope is there for any of us? Who can be saved? And I think about that because um, we all are probably on some level, many or most of us, maybe all of us, considered the wealthy of the globe. What I spent on a morning coffee is more than 50% of the world's population have to live on for a day. 
So we're probably, at least I am, maybe you'll join me in this category of people who are among the wealthy. Is there hope for us? And Jesus says this beautiful thing. Uh, Left to our own devices, probably not. But with God, all things are possible. There is a pathway to this abundant and free life, right? And it made me think of all the times in Scripture when that comes up, with God, all things are possible. So Abraham and Sarah in the book of Genesis, 90 years old, they've never had any children. The Lord comes to them and says, but get ready, get the nursery ready, sign up for Lamaze classes, you're having a baby. And um, they say, is any, this is what they say, is anything too wonderful for God? And Job, who generated that question, why do bad things happen to good people at the end of the book? He says, um, your purposes, O oh God, will never be thwarted. And Jeremiah, the city is surrounded by the enemy, and it's like a hopeless situation. It says nothing is too hard for God. And the most famous story is when the angel comes to that young girl in Nazareth and says, oh, by the way, you're going to bear the Christ child. You're going to be a God-bearer. And, and Mary reasonably says, how can this be? And the angel says, with God, all things are possible. And I thought about Jesus' story and Jesus' riches in heaven and how he divested of that in order to give us life. When I was growing up, we sang a Christmas carol. I don't think it's in the hymnal. It might ought to be, but it's um, three stanzas. First stanza, thou who was rich beyond all splendor, all for love's sake became as poor. Second stanza, thou who was God beyond all telling, uh, thou, thou who was God beyond all telling, Savior and King, all for our sake became man. Thou who was love beyond all measure, Savior and King, we worship thee. It seems to me in the story of Jesus, we have an example of somebody who threads that needle and comes among us and shows us what Madeline Langle called the glorious impossibility of God working in us and through us and in spite of us, all for the sake of love. Savior and King, we worship thee. That's what we celebrate. That's what we celebrate here. The love which God offers to each one of us, which allows us to move into this glorious impossibility and to find freedom from those things that constrain us, from those things that keep us captive, that help us let go of those things that we think are going to define our value and give us identity and, sh and shape our sense of worth, knowing that, uh, that they don't, and that we're invited to this glorious impossibility of, a, of living a life of generosity and freedom. So what I want to invite you to do this week is just to take this phrase, with God all things are possible, and think about the things that look like a dead end to you but could really maybe by God's grace and through God's power and because of God's love become thresholds, could move us forward into that thing, that life that God has for us. With God, all things are possible. Amen. Thank you.